0: This episode is brought to you by Medible. Medible enables mobile solutions to globalize clinical research with anytime, anywhere participant data capture through connected devices. Learn more at Medible.com and get a demo today. That's Medible.com
1: really big problem is that two thirds of people with any mental health related issue just aren't receiving access to mental health care, whether that's due to the stigma, the cost, access to care, sometimes simply the commitment. And so how do we really address those problems and really guide those individuals that wouldn't otherwise receive mental health care to the resources that would be available to them? Welcome to Digital Health Today the podcast focused on the leaders, innovators, and technologies transforming healthcare today and tomorrow. Find us online at digitalhealthtoday.com.
0: Welcome back to Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders making the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall, and this is episode 63. Did you know that there is a Mental Health Awareness Month? And did you know that it's being observed this very month? It's this month, the month of May. I should be more specific, however. The Mental Health Awareness Month is observed in the U.S. during May. In the U.K., there's a Mental Health Awareness Week, which is actually this year on May 14th to the 20th. I don't think we should read anything into this imbalance between the two nations, and if anything, the U.S. should be applauded for giving additional time to focus on this issue. Both of these, however, are in contrast to the international amount of focus on mental health. For example, in a global context, there is a World Mental Health Day, which is held on April 10th each year. I think we should increase that a bit on a global scale. It's great to see mental health getting attention, and it's a huge problem around the world. Here are some statistics about mental health in the U.S. This information is courtesy of the National Alliance of Mental Health. Let me run through some of these stats quickly. Mental illness costs the U.S. economy $193.2 billion in lost earnings per year. Mood disorders, including major depression and bipolar disorder, are the third most common cause of hospitalization in the U.S. for both youth and adults aged 18 to 44. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., the third leading cause of death for people aged 10 to 24, and the second leading cause of death for people aged 15 to 24. And don't forget that the suicide rate for male physicians is 1.4 times higher than that of the general population, and for female physicians, it's even worse. It's 2.2 times higher than the general population. I could go on, and you can get these data and other information from our website where I have a link to the National Alliance of Mental Illness report. Visit the website at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 63 and grab a copy. It's full of information about mental illness and importantly, how to handle a mental health emergency, whether it's for yourself or for someone you know. So as important as this is for both the people who need to access the healthcare system and for the people who work within it, I wanted to be sure to bring you a guest that can share a real example, a success story of how digital tools can be applied in this area. In this episode, I spoke with Dale Bierman. He's one of the founders of the award-winning app called Pacifica. He's here to share some of what they've learned as they've brought their solution to market and discuss the areas of need and the areas where they're having the greatest impact. He tells us how both consumers and professionals can use their solution. Their app is free to download and free to use. So when you're done driving or working out or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this episode, take a minute to open your smartphone or a browser window on your computer, download the Pacifica app and give it a try. Actually, and it doesn't even have to be Pacifica. Download Calm or Headspace or Mood Notes or Talkspace. Download something and give it a try. I'll bet that you'll get something out of it. I've been using the Headspace app for over a year now, and I was just talking to some friends who are using the Calm app, and now I'm giving Pacifica a try. Even if you choose not to use it, it's a great tool to have available on your phone in case you find yourself talking to someone who can benefit. Before we jump into the episode, let me run through a few housekeeping items. If you've checked your email recently, you probably have seen a few emails updating you about those pesky privacy policies and asking you to confirm that you still want to receive emails. One of those emails is for me, and I really hope you'll click to confirm it. Please check your inbox and click on the purple button to stay a member of our digital health community. We've had a great response so far, so please take a second and confirm that you're still in. As a member, you'll not only get updates about our excellent guests, but you'll also receive invitations to events and discounts. In fact, there are a few weeks left to get a discount from our friends at .health. You can save 40% on a new registration of a .health domain name when you click the link in our newsletter and register through GoDaddy. This offer is available to our listeners. It's not being advertised on social media. It is only something you'll hear about here and in our newsletter. This offer expires at the end of May. So check for our email, click the link to stay a part of our community, and take advantage of that offer to save 40% on a .health domain name from our friends at .health and GoDaddy. Thank you, .health, for your support of our community. Lastly, I hope you're enjoying this program. And if you are, I'd love for you to help spread the word about it. One way you can do that is to leave a five-star review on iTunes. We've had some great new reviews coming in from far and wide. Many thanks to Richard McLiver from Australia. It was great to connect with you by phone the other day. Sasanol from New Zealand also reached out, and R.L. Blakely and Natalie Schneider from the U.S. Thank you all for leaving your reviews and for your kind remarks. Don't forget to get all the show notes, links to the Pacifica app, and that download from the National Alliance of Mental Illness by visiting digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 63. Now let's tune into the conversation with Dale Bierman of Pacifica. Dale, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Dale, you and I had a chance to meet when I was out in San Francisco for the Startup Health Festival and the J.P. Morgan Conference in January 2018. And I was really excited to, to meet you because we did a podcast last year with Arshia Vahabzada in episode 21. And it was the first time that we actually talked about mental health and the, the potential for digital solutions to be able to help in this important area. Let's just go ahead and kick off and talk about what you're doing there at Pacifica.
1: Sure. So we've really tried to bridge this gap between sort of the consumer design and usability aesthetic that we're all kind of coming to expect from the applications and the products that we interact with and the evidence base in clinical psychology and really making sure that we're creating engaging products that are going to be really useful for people in terms of addressing their own mental health. So give me an idea of what sort of problems you're trying to address here, the scale of
0: it and the specific problems. Because mental health, as we talked about in episode 21, I encourage all the listeners to go back and listen to it. Mental health is a very broad spectrum. So mm-hmm. there's lots of different things that fall within that sort of uh, moniker. What sort of things specifically are you working toward? And let's dive into some of
1: those problems. If you take a step back, the really big problem is that two-thirds of people with any mental health-related issue just aren't receiving access to mental health care, whether that's due to the stigma, the cost, access to care, sometimes simply the commitment. And so how do we really address those problems and really guide those individuals that wouldn't otherwise receive mental health care to the resources that would be available to them? We First and foremost, we want to create tools that fit into the lives of the individual. So how do we create engaging products that are going to help you walk down that path of addressing your mental health? Uh, but we also acknowledge there are a lot of different pathways through which people receive access to mental health care. Sometimes you may go to your primary care physician and find a referral through that channel, or maybe you even just leave with a prescription. Um, Sometimes you aren't even sure what's going on. And so how do we give you some of those onboarding steps and then help walk you down that path, including trying to find a therapist and actually connecting with you with that individual. So we really look at it from kind of an end to end spectrum of how individuals are receiving access to care. So a lot of times we see Pacifica as a sort of lightweight solution to start down this path and and start creating some better daily habits around how you're addressing your mental health and for those people that realize that they do need access to a professional, we have a therapist directory, and then we have a a clinician-facing product that actually allows the mental health professional to facilitate treatment. And normally,
0: I don't go into this much about a company, especially at the start of a conversation, but I think it's really important to to explain to listeners why you're on and, and what your background is. So tell me a little bit about the company, how you guys started, and what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, so my co-founder, Chris, has struggled with social anxiety since he was a teenager, has been through CBT programs, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, for those who may not be aware. Um, And Chris really pitched me on the idea of mapping what are effectively cognitive behavioral therapy programs onto a mobile device and really believed that we could distill these activities down into something that could be done over the course of, say, three to five minutes a day without really requiring that 50-minute session with a professional, but take those same tools that the professional may be using and really teach people how to integrate them into their daily habits. So Chris proposed this idea to me. Um, I've dealt with a lot of insomnia in my life. I had some really terrible sleep habits back in grad school. had taught myself breathing techniques, you know, body scan techniques, progressive muscle relaxation. And so when Chris was telling me about a lot of these activities, it it just really made a lot of sense. Um, And of course, when you start doing all the research about the mental health field, it's almost immediately apparent how big a problem this is. And that starts you down the path. And then as we were building the company, what has really kept us going is, is just the response. I can't tell you how often we hear from people who say, I, you know, I just didn't have another outlet. I didn't know what was going on. I, you know, was happy that I could connect with others who are dealing with this problem. Uh, personally, I have a cousin who committed suicide. I think just about everyone has a story about mental health, and ultimately, that's what keeps us going. Is is the people that we're building the product for? Now, what were you doing at the time that Chris approached you about this? I was working on a, a file based backup solution for uh, Office file backup effectively. So it's a little bit of a different departure, uh, but I've had some experience in FDA regulated uh, radiology solutions, um, have worked across gaming, have worked across educational technology. So um, it's really been a a great opportunity to bring a lot of the sort of consumer oriented skill set that I I developed uh, previously. Chris and I actually met at the educational technology company um, and bring that into the healthcare world where we really feel there's a, a huge need
0: Like a lot of health innovators, you've come at this with a personal background, you've experienced some things, you've had family members experience things, and and you've brought that sort of story and perspective uh, toward developing this solution. So how long ago was this conversation happening with you and Chris, and where did you guys get started?
1: We started the discussion about three and a half years ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Um, And we just started prototyping things, really playing around with what the mobile device was capable of at the time. Obviously things advance really quickly, but we found out fairly early on that we would be able to accomplish just about everything we wanna do from the perspective of incorporating audio and recording someone's voice and things like that. And um, Really just took it there. We formed the company in September of 2014 and launched our first product in January of the following year, January 2015. And the response has just been amazing. We have about two, we actually just crossed two million total registered users. Uh, We were named one of Apple's best apps of 2017 and editor's choice by Google. So we really feel like that has been kind of an integral part of how we've approached this company is really addressing that design and usability side of things. Um, but one of the things that I'd love to, to mention is that we're not just a consumer-facing company. We, re- we really believe that in order to affect change in the healthcare industry, you have to, you can't be a silo. You have to understand how the, the payers and the providers and the patients really interact and, and create tools that are going to integrate into each aspect of the industry.
0: Absolutely. So the, the the tool is not an end all and be all solution. You got to figure out ways to actually implement that and get that into use in people's hands. And a lot of it does revolve around money and business models. Let's talk about how you're actually tackling it with your solution, your early stage business. What have you done?
1: Yeah, this has been really challenging, uh, as you can probably imagine. Um, so we started in in a direct-to-consumer model. First and foremost, we wanted to prove that the individual had a, a sort of desire, propensity to pay for solutions to address their own mental health. That was what allowed us to get the company off the ground. Um, then as we continued to progress, we, were, we sort of just continued to expand the tool set we built. A clinician dashboard that allows mental health professionals to provide teletherapy to assign homework through the app uh, do secure messaging if they want uh, or even provide psychological assessment so really try to facilitate the interaction between the clinician and the client and as we continue to move forward we're trying to address some of the reimbursement models for how clinicians adopt these types of products as we continue to work into larger uh, larger populations where say we'll work with an employee assistance program or we're starting to with a lot of universities now where we'll deploy Pacifica to the entire student population. And then the clinician facing product works into the counseling center as well. So again, making sure that you have sort of every aspect of the the care paths addressed and and ensuring that you fit in in meaningful ways. And ultimately, once you do that, um, hopefully the ROI follows. That's not always the case in healthcare, but um, ultimately it's, again, if you don't address kind of that reimbursement side of things, you, you aren't going to be able to break down the barriers for adoption for a lot of the providers, especially if you're talking about those in private practice. So um, we're just continuing to sort of play the whack-a-mole game and, and address each aspect of it as we continue to grow. And, uh, you know, we're not exactly where we want to be, but we're, we're continuing to make a lot of headway in kind of each individual area. Are you making money now? We are absolutely. Uh, You know, the the mobile app, we actually launched day one, making sure that we were able to sort of prove this point that individuals wanted to pay for things related to their mental health. So, uh, you know, as with most early stage companies, we're not profitable, but um, we're not far off either. So we, we really feel like we have the right pathway to address how to build a sustainable business.
0: Now, you talked about some of the design and some of the thinking that you've put into this from a product perspective. I'm going to encourage people to go and download this on their Android phones and their iPhones. And uh, we'll have a link to Think Pacifica on the website. You can just uh, Google uh, com, and you'll be able to, to find this. But take us through what people are doing because I think it's important that we understand how these sorts of tools can be used to access people and provide this sort of uh, care that Heretofore hasn't been affordable or accessible, or uh, people weren't aware of these sorts of things being available so t- can you take us through sort of a high level about what people will do once they've
1: downloaded this app and, and get started with it? yeah, of course so uh, first of all, the app is free to download. We provide a lot of functionality in a freemium model, so you can really start down that path of understanding a little bit more about your mental health before actually deciding to commit uh, but the Core activity is our mood tracker. We we use that in what's called ecological momentary inter, or ecological momentary assessment is the sort of understanding of how you're doing in the moment. The ecological momentary intervention side of things is actually recommending tools to the individual that are based on how you're feeling and potentially any other information that we can gather. So uh, our head of psychology has helped develop an algorithm that will suggest activities to give individuals that nudge down the path of actually doing something. That something may be Uh, Meditation or relaxation exercise. We have a suite of thought activities that help you understand your emotions and start to restructure how you think about certain scenarios. Uh, We have a set of daily goals, which would mirror what are called uh, behavioral activation or exposure hierarchies, where we help you sort of take those baby steps in terms of addressing your long term goals related to your mental health. Um, In addition, we also have a set of peer support groups. So, one of the things that we find is that a lot of times people just aren't aware that others are actually going through the same sort of things as them. And so giving them an opportunity to to connect with others around these shared experiences is really important. Lastly, within the mobile application, we also have a set of guided paths for individuals that maybe need a little bit more guidance. It's kind of the programmatic aspect of Pacifica, where we provide an audio track paired with an activity for about 35 different days of content. Uh, We have separated across four different paths that really build the psychoeducation around why we use these tools and how to incorporate them into our daily lives and then actually give you that tool that you can use there.
0: All right. So that gives me an idea of the patient perspective. Now you talked about how patients can use this with their psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. So give me an idea of what that interaction is like.
1: Sure. So we recently released a therapist directory. So if an individual consumer is interested, they can search for and find therapists through Pacifica. Uh, Ideally, they find someone that is on the platform so that they can actually take that data that they've been generating when they've been using the application to that clinician and be able to sort of continue the path that they've been on and and leverage that in treatment to better understand what exactly is going on. From the clinician side of things, we have the ability for them to create an account where, of course, HIPAA compliant, uh, sign a business associates agreement, and effectively get a clinician dashboard that gives them an overview of how all of their clients are doing. Uh, one of the things I'm really excited about, maybe just because I'm a little bit of a data nerd, is that we're starting to work on better aggregate data to understand more about your patient population. So how are my patients progressing when we're looking at, say, PHQ-9 scores for depression? And you know, can I identify outliers where maybe individuals need higher touch? Re- even cases where people are progressing through treatment faster and, and maybe don't need as, as regular ongoing sessions with uh, with you as a clinician. Really, it provides that tether between the client and the clinician and tries to make their treatment as effective as possible. You
0: know, that's actually one of the, you just reminded me of one of the things that Arshia mentioned uh, in, the, in that podcast 21, where he was talking about the fact that when you are going to see a therapist, the scheduling is you know, sort of when it's convenient. I need to see you in two weeks' time or one week's time. Is it at 10 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the evening or whatever it's going to be? And how, how frequently that is is basically built around uh, some sort of assessment and then also what
1: schedules allow
0: instead of being able to assess and provide that care at that moment that that person needs that interaction or that intervention.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And one of the things that we see is that You know, there are a lot of companies now that are doing on-demand healthcare, whether that's mental or or healthcare, when you look at the doctor on demands and American Wells and those types of companies. Um, But what I think is really interesting is that You know, that's only part of it. How do you actually address what's happening, say, between sessions or or after you've actually met with someone? There aren't a lot of opportunities for individuals to address their own health care from more of sort of a longitudinal perspective. I think that's one of the cases where Pacifica comes in in terms of not only helping you at the outset to understand how you're doing, but really providing that opportunity for ongoing data collection and ongoing understanding about what it is that you're trying to accomplish from a therapeutic perspective.
0: So you mentioned it was a freemium model. How are you making money? When do people begin to transact?
1: So we have a suite of meditation libraries. A lot of people upgrade for the premium versions of the meditations. Uh, again, with our thought activities, uh, three of the nine of those are free. So it, we really target the feature set at the power user, the, the people that really are doing a good job of incorporating this into their daily lives. Uh, it's currently $9 a month, $54 a year. Uh, you know we try to price it in a way that consumers really understand the benefit that they're going to get out of it you know if you think of a one-on-one session with therapists especially here in the bay area is somewhere around 200 250 dollars an hour obviously that's on the high end for what we're seeing on average but we can really give people an opportunity especially those in sort of the subclinical to mild or moderate range um kind of the quote-unquote worried well population, we can really give them a lot of tools to understand how to build more resilience and, and manage stress in their daily lives, and I think that really provides a lot of value.
0: We'll dive back into our conversation in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about one of our outstanding sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Medible, the app and analytics company for healthcare. Since its launch in late 2016, Medible has seen rapid adoption of its platform with a customer base that cares for over 15 million patients and conducts over 6,000 clinical trials. Its platform is becoming the de facto standard for healthcare research on mobile. Let's say you're studying Parkinson's disease. Medible's platform allows researchers to set up a clinical trial, access third-party tools like Apple's Research Kit, and integrate different datasets. The company developed something it calls the Human Digitome. It's an intelligence system that systematically tags digital signatures of health and disease. The Digitome is an increasingly prized method, and it's drawing acclaim from leading research hospitals and biopharma companies precisely because it gives medical research centers a way to generate anytime, anywhere data and analyze massive data sets. But Medible recognizes that there are some fundamental challenges in the clinical trial industry. What are two of the biggest issues slowing down clinical trials? low participation rates, and weak data sharing tools among research groups. Medible's come up with a way to transform clinical trials. It's a blockchain solution they call Insight. Insight enables auditable, transparent, and self-directed data sharing. Researchers can use the Medible platform to contribute data in exchange for funding and other research resources. And clinical trial participants can donate data to specific research efforts, with Insight everyone benefits. Sound interesting? Then check out Medible. Go to medible.com to find out how you can get the benefits of insight in your organization. Now let's jump back to the conversation. And one of the problems in all areas of healthcare, whether it's physical healthcare or mental healthcare, is around compliance and engagement. And a lot of the tools that have come out there, whether it's around diabetes or heart failure or whatever the, the issue might be from a physical perspective, there's a real challenge around trying to make sure that people continue to use those apps and even pharmaceuticals, right? People stop taking their medication for schizophrenia and things of that sort. They stop taking it because they think they're okay, or they feel like they can do without it. Yep. I know you want to protect some of the numbers. So share with me what you're comfortable with. But what have you seen in terms of the uptake of this and the, the continued use of this, the sustained use of this solution over time?
1: Yeah, I, I won't say that we're where we want to be, but I think that's all, always our own sort of expectations of what's possible. Um, but that being said, I think Pacifica actually has above average retention when it comes to the healthcare field in, in general. We see a lot of very effective clinical applications out there that just simply aren't used because you can't convince the person to do that. So we try to look at it from the perspective of what the consumer is looking for out of these applications i think this is one of the huge benefits where chris as our designer is able to create a really empathetic product that people understand it's it's not judgmental it doesn't feel clinical so we really focus on how we integrate things into the daily lives of individuals and ultimately that just means addressing their needs as best as we possibly can Um, in terms of, you know, general retention numbers, there's not a whole lot that's going to be interesting that I can say. It's, it's pretty average when you look at the general corpus of mobile applications, but we feel it's very good on the, the healthcare side. The other thing I'll note though is that we actually compare ourselves a little bit more to, say, a dating app than a lot of traditional applications where you would expect daily usage. If we're doing our job, we're really building a lot of the education in you as the individual around what you need to do to address daily mental health. And in doing so, you're going to become less reliant on Pacifica. And so we see a lot of cyclical usage where people may use us for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, and then like you said, sort of drop off, they start to get better. But at least it's there for them when they do need it again. And, And we'll see them come back, you know, another six months later, another 12 months later, and really continue down that path of addressing their mental health.
0: I think that's great because the barrier is so low, right? I mean, they, they if they need exactly. it, then they just need to reach in their pocket and open the app. It's not like they have to call and leave a voicemail for their therapist to try to get on their calendar to set up another meeting when it's convenient. Uh, they can actually just pull out the app and uh, and remind themselves of, of some of these tools. So that's that's terrific. Now, you mentioned that you get a lot of feedback from users. Can you share some of the stories that you've heard as a result of using this app? I imagine there's been some people who have been really impacted by being able to have access to this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in you know, just remarkably lucky to work in an area where we hear weekly, if not daily, from users where we've had a fundamental impact on their lives. Uh most recently, we had a student at Texas AM University who saw a poster in the counseling center and she said. Uh, I believe she said that, you know, she almost didn't download the app, but she decided that she needed to take that extra step. And within two days of using the app, she felt like she was so much more empowered to address what was going on. Just, you know, dealing with school, dealing with relationships. And um, those types of quotes just, I mean, they're, I think I just got goosebumps. Uh, You know, they just give me a a really huge uh, uh, general sense of, of, feeling good about what we're doing. And and I feel like we really have an opportunity to have an impact on millions of lives.
0: That's brilliant. That's a very stressful time for a lot of young adults as they're living outside home, their parents' home for the first time, and they're experiencing a
1: lot of different things. So
0: are you actually targeting universities as one of your routes to market to, to access
1: users? Yeah, we're, we're actively building that pipeline and, and are starting to work with more and more universities every week here. So it's a really exciting, uh, exciting opportunity for the exact reason you just mentioned. I think we, ha- you know, especially with the younger generation, we have a unique opportunity to give them tools that they're, they're going to be excited about and want to, to use and start to understand more about what's going on in their own daily mental health.
0: What are some of the big opportunities for you as you look at this sort of solution in the mental health space?
1: Yeah, we've actually recently started turning our eyes towards working with enterprises. So I think I mentioned earlier, uh, employers, EAPs, and education. So sort of universities are, are our sort of first couple of industries we're looking at. When we we were going down the path of developing tools for clinicians and kind of took a step back and said, wow, you know, we have this complete platform, how can we fit this into other models of delivery where it maybe makes a little bit more sense? And I'm touching on something here that I can come back to in a second. But ultimately, when you look at that end-to-end spectrum from the individual who downloads the app and starts to work down that path of addressing their mental health, and say if we're working with the university, we can tailor the content within the application to guide them to crisis lines or the counseling center. And then once they do make it into the counseling center, the counselor has access to the clinician dashboard and really has an opportunity then to take advantage of the limited number of sessions that they might have with that person. So to sum that up, I think the the really big opportunity is, is integrating into these identified populations. I'll come back to my statement previously. So it's very difficult to sell products into private practice today, whether you're a primary care physician, a mental health specialist. And one of the issues there is that the the ROI isn't built into the the models with which they're operating their business. And so we are not a fee-for-value industry yet. Hopefully we'll move in that direction, but we don't see a lot of payment for outcomes. So when I mentioned early on in the podcast, I had talked about working into the reimbursement models. There are a couple of CPT codes that allow a clinician to be reimbursed for Pacifica, but really helping them down the path of providing Better healthcare is not always in line with how they're running their business. And, and this is sort of a maybe a bold statement, but it's a really unfortunate scenario that we see ourselves in as a healthcare industry. And I think as we see tools like Pacifica grow, we can start to combat this a little bit more effectively as we gain much better data around how people do improve regarding their own healthcare and, and how we can actually facilitate that treatment process in a way that does provide data back to the payer to really help them understand how to make this worthwhile for the individual clinician.
0: Right. How can listeners learn more about your product?
1: Yeah, obviously, our our website is a great shot. Uh, Thinkpacifica.com. We have uh, sections of the website specific to education, or if you're a a clinician or interested in checking out more, you can download it there. And and otherwise, just go search for Pacifica. We should be the first one that comes up and you can check us out in the app stores.
0: Excellent. Dale, listen, I've got six questions that I want to run through with you. What's a saying quote or phrase that motivates you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was in in the ICU recently and there was an entrance, uh, uh, or a quote on a board outside of it from Audrey Hepburn that said, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And I just fundamentally believe that this is healthcare. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create lots of tomorrows.
0: What's a piece of advice you have for others working to innovate in healthcare?
1: I think we already touched on it. Uh, You have to work into the expected ROI for the organizations you're targeting. Uh, Build it and they will come. Does not work. We're not in fee for for value yet. So understand the industry and make sure you are figuring out how to build a sustainable business. What's a book that you recommend to listeners? I love The Hard Thing About Hard Things. It's one of the few accounts, uh, just how difficult it is to to, to run a business and and what to do when, when things get bad.
0: That's I think the third or fourth time that, that book's been recommended and yeah it is a great book. I'll include a link in the show notes and listeners can go and grab a free audiobook by using the link that's on the show notes as well. What's a piece of tech that you recommend to our listeners?
1: Yeah, the the one that I would well I recommend learning more about is blockchain. I think healthcare is one of the few areas where we're going to see some really interesting implementations in blockchain. Uh, Your listeners are probably pretty aware of that, but um, I'm excited about it. While, you know, maybe our business isn't directly involved in blockchain stuff, I think the interoperability uh, opportunity there is just immense.
0: If I gave you a check for $5 million for you to invest in health technology today, how would you invest it? Maybe you just gave the answer.
1: I think I did, yeah. probably probably look at either mental health or blockchain. I think, uh, to be honest, they're they're two... just totally wide open industries right now. And when we figure them out, we're gonna see a lot of cost savings in in multiple areas.
0: Last thing is we make a contribution to a charity in appreciation of your time on the show. What charity have you selected? And can you tell me a little bit about what they do?
1: Yeah, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. uh, They just do some amazing groundwork, grassroots work uh, across a really wide spectrum of the population. Uh, I have an immense amount of respect for their programs.
0: We'll include a link to that charity in the show notes. Thanks very much for nominating them. And anyone else who wants to make a donation, they'll find the uh, link in the show notes of this episode. Is there anything else you want to say
1: to our visitors before I let you go? Recently, we had this you know, walk-out uh, aspect going on with, with the education industry. Um, one of the things that I saw that I thought was really interesting was the walk-up, not-out aspect of it, which really said you know, if you see someone who you think might be having a hard time, just try to reach out, try to walk up to them, try to provide support. Um, It's not that hard. And ultimately you can have a huge impact on their life.
0: Dale, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. It's a really important area. I'm glad you guys are providing the solution to so many people around the world.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dan. Really enjoyed it. There you have it.
0: That was Dale Bierman of Pacifica. Open up your smartphones and download the Pacifica app or visit thinkpacifica.com and try it online. Let me know what you think and what other great solutions you've found for maintaining and improving mental health. You can drop me a line on email at dan at digitalhealthtoday.com or hit me up on Twitter at healthtechdan. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please help spread the word. Please share it out on social media, email and word of mouth and help others connect with information that can improve their health, work and life. Reviews on iTunes are always appreciated as well. Learn how to do that by visiting digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash review. Many thanks to our partner, Medible. Medible has developed a new way to transform clinical trials. It's a blockchain solution called Insight. Learn more at medible.com and get a demo today. That's medible.com. More great guests are coming up, so be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app and follow the show on Twitter at DHealthToday. Thanks so much for joining me. That's all from me for now. I'll speak with you soon on episode 64. And until next time, keep on innovating.